it's interesting we as hearing about looking at um, the uh, the fruits of the spirit and thinking about faithfulness what this passage is actually is kind of like our response to God's faithfulness and what does it mean for us to have faith in him uh, and for our faith to how does that affect our lives so how can we be full of faith so you've got you know faithfulness and being full of faith slightly different things but obviously connected so in light of God's faithfulness for us what does it mean that I have faith someone and you've probably heard this uh, before says we can break down uh, Christians like doing this we like uh, making sort of uh, literary things out of words and so uh, you know the push to pray until something happens and the WWJD all those things well faith could be forsaking all I trust him and you may have heard that before so if you fall asleep and forget everything else I say then forsaking all I trust him so if you remember that Um, But it's a small word with a big meaning, isn't it? Here's what some others have written about faith. Um, A pastor in Houston named John Bisagno puts it this way. He says, faith is the heart of life. You go to a doctor whose name you can't pronounce. He gives you a prescription you cannot read. You take it to a pharmacist you've never seen. He gives you medicine you do not understand. And yet you take it. Now that is living by faith. Another pastor writes... Faith is a common denominator. Everyone alive today expresses faith in something. No one can live a single day without exercising faith. Faith in the physical world. When you awoke and went into the bathroom this morning, you flipped a light switch or pulled the cord and you had faith it would work. When you got into your car, you had faith it would start. When you post a letter, you have faith that the postal system will get it to the right address. Sometimes. I have a slight confession to make. I never gave my wife a Valentine's card this year because it didn't arrive. I did one of these fancy online things where you upload a photo and you make the card all very personal. Ten days before I did it, thinking that's more than enough time, it never turned up. Uh, a week ago, I, I've contacted them and said, the card never came. And they said, oh, we're very, very sorry. We'll send it again. It still hasn't turned up. The second one. Anyway, um, so sometimes you have faith that the postal system will work. Uh, When you go to the pharmacy, you have faith that the pharmacist will give you the right drugs. Every time you walk into a building, you are expressing faith in the architect and the workman. So so many ways, without thinking about it, we express faith in things. It's also expressed in the spiritual realm. Each of us, regardless of our background, says Pastor Hamby, our educations or our social status or our talents can express faith spiritually. And the difference between the faith we exercise in our daily routine and our religious faith is the object of that faith. When you came in here this morning, you sat down. You didn't question the structural integrity of your chair. You just sat on it. Why? Because you've sat on them before. And you know that they work. And they haven't collapsed before. So your faith in that chair is based on previous experience and evidence. And so we're not talking about a blind faith today. Kierkegaard was a a philosopher, a Danish philosopher, a theologian, religious author, and he once wrote, to live by faith means an irrational leap into the dark. 
I'm not, I, I don't agree with that. Not irrational at all. Hebrews 11 tells us a, a different story, especially verse 19, where Abraham and Isaac offered Isaac as a sacrifice because in verse 19, which we haven't read yet, but it says to us, he reasoned that God could raise the dead. That's not blind faith, that was reasoned faith. And that's what we have. We have a reasoned faith. Tozer had an interesting explanation for the verse. He said, faith is seeing the invisible, but not the non-existent. That's two slightly different things. Seeing the invisible, but not the non-existent. Some people think faith is believing something that is not actually there. Biblical faith believes God when he tells us there is a reality that we cannot see. It means keeping our eyes on him who controls the circumstances, not the circumstances themselves. And many would question religious faith as being blind faith. For me, though, not believing in God takes a lot more faith. I saw a quote recently, and it said this, Atheism is the belief that there was once absolutely nothing And nothing happened to nothing until the nothing magically exploded for no reason, creating everything and everywhere. And then a bunch of the exploded everything magically rearranged itself for no reason into self-replicating bits, which then turned into dinosaurs. (laughs) That's blind faith. For me, all the evidence points to something else, points to someone behind all this. So faith... A little bit of theology and then some practical outworking of faith. The first thing, just to note, fairly obvious to us, I think, there's a difference between the faith and faith. The faith is the object. It's the content of our beliefs. We talk about the gospel. Jude, in verse 3, says, Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. The faith, the truth of the gospel message, uh, the whole salvation story, the faith, that we have faith in. The item, the thing we believe is the faith. Faith that's been talked about in our passage is subjective. It's the way in which we hold to our beliefs. Throughout the passage, we see this word, or this sentence, beginning... By faith. 21 times in the whole of Hebrews 11, according to, to my Bible and my version, 21 times. And it's talking about things happened by faith. It's talking about it being a, a lens through which they saw things, a, a, a belief system through which people did something. In the King James Version, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that's objective it's 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 twisting it slightly the king james version's not a great translation of what that is supposed to mean it's objective that's the substance but most translations use it in a subjective way as faith being sure being active it's the way in which we believe in something but there's a real truth spiritual truth there that in faith or by faith we bring about those things that we have faith in, which is really interesting. And How God works that out is very difficult to understand. Chris Sinkinson's a lecturer at Moreland's College, where I studied, and he says, faith is active and puts into practice 
the things that the believer is living for. And so in one sense, we have faith in the gospel message. But my faith in it causes the gospel message to be real and to be active. And it's a bit of a sort of cyclical thing going round. Our faith affects the faith. No idea, it's a God thing. Don't know how that happens, but it does somehow. Because faith's practical and how we put our beliefs into practice and what difference our beliefs make to our daily life is important. James chapter 2 verse 18 says, Someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. Our faith and our actions are so undeniably linked. It's a belief. If a belief of of something doesn't change the way we behave, then we can't really say we believe that. If uh, we said, yeah, I believe that 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 something is safe, this chair is safe for me to sit on. Well, sit on it then. Oh, no, no, I don't. Well, you don't really believe it then, do you? You see the link there. And faith is more than just belief. James 2 verse 19 says, You believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Faith's not just about just believing in something. It's about what does it mean for me to live my life in a particular way. Faith is belief put into action. So how should faith evidence itself. Let's have a look at just a few of these characters here in this passage. And firstly, one aspect of our life that should be affected by our faith is our worship. And the first biblical example of a worshipper is Abel, the younger brother of Cain, first man born to the first parents. We're reminded in verse 4, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. Abel worshipped in obedience and with a sincere heart. His faith pleased God. Why? Because he acted on it. He did something about it. Cain's offering, though, unfortunately, was not pleasing to God and out of envy, Cain killed his brother. But Abel's honest worship stands as a testimony that faith that pleases God will always lead to worship. Are you, am I, drawn to worship God with all my heart, my mind, my soul? When we come together, we worship in songs, scriptures, sermons. But the part of our worship that follows Abel's example is our offerings. Do we give our tithes, our offerings as an act of worship? Do we give with a sincere heart of gratitude? Is it a sacrifice of praise and obedience? Is faith, our faith in God, affecting the way we worship with our time, with our abilities, with who God's made us to worship him back? our working daily life? Do I work in a way that is honouring of God? 
working for him in my daily life. Doing my best because it shows an aspect of a character that God has given me. Is my faith active in this way? And does it affect the way I worship God? Second person we can look at, and the second thing that our faith should affect is our walk with God. And we have Enoch in verse 5. He's an interesting character. Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death, it says in verse 5. He could not be found, because God had taken him away. But before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Evidently, Enoch walked so close to God that that God just wanted him to be with him and took him home without having to experience physical death. Now, that would be nice, wouldn't it? (laughs) That would be nice. We just said, Lord, just take me now. I don't want to have to actually die. But from Enoch, we learn that to walk with God is to please God. Does your faith cause you to walk with God? Are you into his word daily? Hebrews 4.12 tells us the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We were hearing earlier how God's word is the guide for us. Do we pray without ceasing? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Are we walking with God each day? Do we communicate with him Well, whatever it is we're doing, we're doing. I'm going into an environment in the military, in the chaplaincy, which is a very Anglican environment. And that's fine. I understand that. But we're encouraged as well to keep our own traditions and denominational kind of ways of doing things and personalities of doing things. But there is a danger in the sort of high church realm of things that You can only pray at certain times, in certain ways, with certain people, particularly in Catholic churches. You've got to go somewhere to get forgiveness and whatever. And I'm of the understanding that wherever I am, whenever I'm doing anything, whoever I'm with, I can pray and call out to God. Pray without ceasing, wherever and whenever. While I'm mowing the lawn, while I'm brushing my teeth, while I'm driving my car, certainly while I'm driving my car, or when I'm a passenger and somebody else is driving my car. <laughs> or when I'm skiing. Ski, I went skiing with the army recently. And uh, that was a slightly different to skiing with my family. It's a lot more intense. And um, they push you a little bit further. So there was plenty. skiing improves my prayer life quite considerably as well. But is our walk... I don't know whether we'll get to the state of a walk with God that will suddenly disappear and not be found anymore because we're with him. But is it evident that you spent time with Jesus, like some of his disciples were told? You've been with Jesus, haven't you? Does our faith affect our walk with God? Do we want to be with him? The next Bible hero, Noah, not better known than Enoch, a man whose faith led to some long, hard work. Does our faith 
affect the way we work. Maybe you've never actually thought about it, but building an ark, I would imagine, is no small task. It took Noah and his three boys over a hundred years to build the ark. That's a project. Mm, DIY project? Build an ark. Chapter, uh, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Most of us probably won't be asked by God to build an ark. Um, but he is going to give us all something to do. I'm sure of that. Every one of us has a relationship with God. He's got something for us to do. Do we have the kind of faith that leads to work hard for the kingdom of God? Warren Wiersbe in one of his commentaries said, Faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. And as a result, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. What is God calling us to? And you might be thinking, oh no, I'm retired, I'm too old for God to use me. And um, I'd like to tell you that that's not true. It might not be that he wants you to go on a round-the-world tour on an evangelistic crusade, or go and build an orphanage in somewhere other. But it might be that he wants you to go and play bowls, or go and play... Uh, some other game or get involved in an art club or do something with your community because there's people there that he wants to speak to through you. It might be that he's calling you to find out a bit more about what's going on in the streets of Taunton at the moment. And if you haven't heard yet, you will hear soon. But there's some exciting things happening on the streets of Taunton. In a period of I think it was something like 18 days, 14 people came to Christ on the streets of Taunton. Because a group of people and the churches together in Taunton of the B1 group, a number of churches, including uh, Ewan from our church and a number of, number of folk from our church, are begin, beginning to sort of step out a little bit in faith and um, started asking people questions. And so walking up to people on the street saying, can I ask you a question? Yeah. If there was a miracle God could do for you, what would it be? And it opens up conversation, opportunity to pray for people. And then the third question is, what do you think the greatest miracle God could ever do would be? Which then opens up the opportunity to tell them about the greatest miracle found in Jesus. And through that, in the last few weeks, over a dozen people have given their life to Christ. I've heard a number of other things. We've seen people being healed of various things as well. In front of people's eyes, there and then. And God is at work in something or other. He's doing something special. Sometimes there are just those times where God does some special things occasionally. And he's about to do some stuff, special stuff on the streets of Taunton. But it's not just for the streets and not just for those who don't yet know him. It's for us as well. What is God calling us to be a part of where he wants to bless one another? Our community, this church. Maybe God is calling you 
to have a greater role, an active role in this church in some way or other? Does your faith affect the work that God is calling you to? And then on to Abraham, called the father of our faith, isn't he? His life teaches us hundreds of things about faith, but perhaps the biggest challenge Abraham faced was that the faith required him to wait. Oh, we don't like that. We don't like the fact that there are three answers to prayer, I believe. One is, no, that won't be good for you. Two is, yes, absolutely, that's fine, I'll do that for you. And the third one is, wait. (laughs) And I think we hear a lot more wait answers than we do the others. We don't like being told to wait for anything. In this society where everything is at hand very quickly with the selfie culture of quick, click, it's on Facebook, the world know about it. Email, I want an answer. I ring you up ten minutes later. Did you see my email? Why haven't you answered? You know, everything's so quick. And we're told to wait. Abraham waited for so many things. He waited for a home in the promised land. In fact, he spent his home entire life living in tents. He waited until he was a hundred years old for the son God promised. And all along he waited and waited and waited for the promised Messiah and the eternal city of God. Verse 9, we read, By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. I think probably the answer to this question for most of us is yes. But does your faith require you to wait? Waiting for an answer to prayer. Waiting for a job offer. Waiting for the results of medical tests. Waiting for whatever it is in life we're waiting. We're required to wait in so many times. And hear God say, wait for that. And when you've prayed all that you can pray and done all that you can do, Sometimes the greatest proof of our faith is that we simply wait for God to act. A faith that pleases God will enable us to wait with confidence. And not necessarily wait saying, I'm waiting for that to happen. Unless very clearly you've heard God say, I will do that, but not yet. Often it's, I wait for God to do whatever he is planning to do. By faith we believe, we know that God will come through in the end. The heroes of the Old Testament waited with faith. Hebrews 11 verse 13, the end of our reading that we had read to us, all these people were still living by faith, When they died, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. With faith, they looked forward to the coming Messiah. With faith, we look back to his coming. 
All of us continue to look ahead to the time when he promises that scripture will be fulfilled. We look forward to the time when we'll be reunited with loved ones. We wait for the time for those who suffer will be comforted. We wait with confidence for the day is coming when every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Our faith requires us to wait. But while we do that, we continue to worship, to walk with God, and to work for his kingdom. That is a faith that is a response to his faithfulness to us. And a faith that pleases God.